I am grateful to be here to share with you about something I think that ministers to all of us and our families as we saw that beautiful group of parents and children in front of us today. Uh, there's things I think that contribute to uh, a meaningful and victorious home life. And so I want to share for the benefit of the parents who are up here and for all of us in this congregation some things we need to be reminded of that make a, make a big difference in the kind of home we have and the fact that we can really have a meaningful life uh, here because of that. So I want you to, uh, we're going to talk about the family curse, the family curse, things that uh, affect your family negatively and that become a challenge constantly uh, in the life of husbands and wives and parents. Uh, You know, curses, we kind of, uh, there's that curse that, that becomes very real because it, it, it um, has a negative impact on your life. That's what curses do. There's the parent curse. I'm sure some of you may have even used this one. When your children have not quite behaved like they should, maybe they've embarrassed you or have, uh, frustrated you, you say something like this, I hope you have children just like you. You ever done that? Yeah. I want to talk about a different kind of curse, okay? A different, because the curse affects the course of life with family, friends, and God. It started in the very beginning when man rebelled against God. Actually, Adam and Eve rebelled against God, and they started this whole thing that we have to live with. And so it's this curse that affects the course of life with your family, your friends, and God. So let's talk about what it is and how to deal with it, how to break it. And how to have a meaningful and victorious life. Uh, the first thing I want this just basically, if you understand the story, uh, God created uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, he created Adam, made Eve from Adam, and he just did an amazing job of putting together a perfect family. And everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. The atmosphere was perfect. The temperature was perfect. The animals didn't bite. Mosquitoes didn't bite. It was perfect. And then Eve was deceived, believed a lie gave the fruit to Adam from the forbidden tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and therefore, the beginning of the curse. God deals with the snake and says, because you've allowed to be used, you're going to always crawl on your belly. Therefore, none of us like snakes. And then he says to the woman, and let's look at this, the curse women carry, motherhood is painful and submission is a struggle. Here's what God said in verse 16. Then he said to the woman, he finished up with the snake and Lucifer. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. Meaning, I mean, it was always going to hurt a little bit, okay? I mean, it's just natural. But now it's really going to hurt. It's going to be painful to remind you of what happened and that you need a Savior. The pain of pregnancy. I remember uh, when we had our first child. Uh, Charlene was in labor over 24 hours. So it was was like, wow. But we were there and we're trying to get to the hospital and make sure we're there because we thought the baby might come any minute. Of course, it took a little longer. 
But uh, Charlotte's so mild and calm and never really gets upset about anything. Or she just really just level, you know, takes things in great stride. Uh, but she has zero tolerance for pain, none. And so we're there, and at first it's kind of going good, you know. Then you see those spikes come up as they're kind of recording the contractions, and you're going, wow, that's a good one. And she's going, oh, it hurts, hurts. I'm like, it's okay, baby, I'm fine. It's all right. And, and I'm saying, just can you breathe? It'll be okay. And I'm holding her hand. And, 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 uh, and, then, um, and then everything's fine. And, you know, but then they come in, they start putting stuff connecting to her and all this kind of stuff. And it's getting worse. She says, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. I say, Charlene, it'll be okay. It's just part of it. Wrong thing to say. <laughs> anyway, but it is part of it, but you just don't say it. And you go, look, it hurts. And, and, and it's just, you know, I know that. And, and uh, you'll be okay. It'll be all right. And, and then it got worse, okay? And a nurse came in and got too close to her for just a minute. She reached out and grabbed that nurse and said, give me some drugs. <laughs> and they did. I said, yeah, we'll take care of you, baby. They took care of her anyway. And we had a baby. But it was painful. And uh, I'll let her tell her story about when I had a kidney stone and young laugh at me. But that's, you know. Uh, here's the thing. It was pain. It's, that's part of reminding us of something happened that needs to be taken care of. It's a pretty serious reminder. And I can tell you, we have had four children. I say we. Charlene actually delivered them. I just watched. But they all hurt. And you know what I've discovered? The pain doesn't end at childbirth either. Moms hurt with their children as they grow. When they take that first fall and scrape their knee or cut their finger, it hurts. When someone's unkind to them, it hurts. When they get their heart broke, it hurts. Mom and dad. There's the pain of having a child. It's very real. And sometimes that child is rebellious and kind of goes a different way and you hurt. It's part of it. And sometimes it hurts long into their life. But that's not all to remind us we needed rescue uh, and we needed a break from the curse. And you will desire, and he's talking to the woman, and you will desire to control your husband. Did you catch that? You will desire to control your husband. What happened when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, things became chaotic. And God's original design was now uh, corrupted. And now the woman was going to have an attitude and desire she really shouldn't have, but she's going to have it because it's part of the curse. Desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Boy, this verse just really gets to people. Understand what he's trying to say in the context of Scripture. He's trying to say something has happened, and it's going to look like this all throughout time. Every couple is going to deal with this. You will desire to control your husband, but he will, have, he will rule over you. You see, the, the, the submission part here. Submission is a willingness to choose to follow the husband's leadership. Submission is not to be demanded. That's not what we're talking about here. 
Matter of fact, Jesus in the New Testament had to correct Old Testament thinking because men treated women like furniture. And he said, that's disrespectful to women. You can't treat women that way. That's wrong. And he said, so here's what he said. They said, but the woman's going to desire to control things and control her husband, but that's not how God's going to design it now. He is going to require, require the man, because the man don't want to, incidentally. He's going to require the man to be the leader. Why? Because Adam fumbled the ball badly. Adam wasn't a leader. He didn't protect his wife. He didn't take care of his wife. He left her at the mercy of the wisdom and deception and lies of Satan, and therefore, he didn't step up. And when she offered the fruit, he just folded like a cheap tent. And when the thing was unfolding, he wasn't who he should have been. And God says, here's what we're going to do now. Here is what's going to happen. You better step up now. I'm going to require you to be the leader. And I'm going to require her to be protected by your leadership. That's nothing to do with who's better. The man's not better than the woman. He doesn't know more than the woman. That's not what Scripture teaches. It's teaching an order of how we deal with repairing the damage done by the curse. And the fact that we need help to repair that damage. We need someone to break through that curse for us. And so he said, here's what's going to happen. The woman needs to deal with choosing to be submissive to the leadership of her husband. Simply put, it is respect for the one God has put in your life. The woman is to respect her husband enough to follow him. That's all that means. And in men's world, men's world, respect is equivalent to love. If you do not respect your husband, he doesn't think you love him. It's just that simple. No matter what else happens, that's the big deal to men. Now, so wives, respect your husband's. Sometimes you're going to overstep those boundaries and try to control him or manipulate him. Don't do that. Respect his leadership. This was the beginning of the battle of sexes, I promise you. Who's in charge? Who's in control? Sin corrupted the willing submission of the wife and the loving leadership of the husband, and therefore we have the curse that runs rampant through our families today. And causes great destruction. But let's talk about the man for a minute. The curse that men bear. Leadership will be a challenge. Life will not be fair. And death is a reality for all humanity. Look what he says in verse 17. And to the man, to Adam, he said, okay, I've talked to the woman. Don't control your husband. He's, he's got to rule you. He's got to be the leader. All right? Now, He's saying that because man don't want to be the leader, incidentally. We are very reluctant leaders. We'd rather you take responsibility. And God says, hey, how's it going to work? That's what, got, that's what caused everything to go haywire. So we're going to change that. To the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. He's already said, you're going to have to rule. You've got to be in charge. You've got to be a leader. But not only that, it doesn't stop there. The ground is cursed because of you. You put, a, there's a chain reaction that takes place now. The unfolding of the curse that goes throughout your family and throughout culture to what we see today is a lot of chaos in family life and a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness. And we've got to figure what went wrong. We went wrong back in the garden, but we've participated ever since. And so he says, here's what I want you to get. There's this, this thing that you need to be able to lead your wife 
Leadership pushes the wife up. It's helpful, not harmful. Leadership does not demand submission. It cultivates a desire to follow through love. Simply put, you treasure your wife like fine china. You treasure her. If you treasure her, she has no problem following you. If you treat her like plastic plates, you, got, you might have some resistance. Fine china is an amazing thing. Fine china, we have fine china. Uh, when, when we were married, people gave us a, this china, and it was amazing. We got a china cabinet. In the china cabinet, uh, it's got doors over, and nobody touches it because it's fine china. Every once in a while, we said, well, let's break out the fine china. Going, oh, I don't want to break out the fine china. It breaks. It's just too fragile. Well, so Charlie said, go get the plates. Oh, let me tell you what I do with those plates. I don't stack them like four on top of one another and carry them to the table because it's fine china. I carry them one at a time. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even want to know what's going to happen if I chip one of those plates. So I take it one at a time and I take it to the table. And I'm not, man, I'm holding it. And I lay it down. I don't, I don't just, I lay it down because it's fine china. I don't want it to chip. I don't want it to break. I don't want it to crack because it's fine china. It is not as strong as plastic plates, okay? Fine china. So I treat it that way. And we don't put fine china in a dishwasher. We hand wash it. That's why I only use it once every 10 years. <laughs> hand wash that stuff. Put it back in the cabinet because it's fine china. The Bible says you, 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 you treat your wife as a weaker vessel not because she's inferior but because she's fine china. Men, we, we must come to understand to break out of the curse to do what God wants us to do requires something outside of us. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, you got to understand the mindset. I want to help my wife. I'm not, here to, I'm not here to dominate my wife. I'm here to be a delight to my wife. Man, fine, China. Fine, China. I protect that which I treasure. If I hear something loud and unidentifiable in the middle of the night, I don't punch my wife and say, would you go check that out? No, I'm going to go check that out. Because I am the protector. Sometimes, guys, in leadership, we need to tell our wives, we need to protect them from themselves sometimes. Women are emotional. They take off on an emotional charge sometimes. And we need to kind of help them, watch over them, protect them. We have a thing that Charlene and I do. Um, there was, uh, uh, we was on vacation years ago with several families, and one of the families uh, was, was uh, dogging one of their staff church members, one of their staff at their church. And I don't, I really, that, that irritates me to no end. I mean, it just really does. I just, when Charlene knew she could look at me because I wasn't saying anything, and they were just going on and on and on and on and on. And I started to say something, and she reached over and pinched my leg. 
Like, don't you say nothing. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to say too much. Don't say nothing. And I ignored it. And I started talking, and she pinched my leg harder. I never understood why she pinched me, because when I don't want her to say stuff, I just tap her on the leg. And she pinches me, because I'm probably a little more stubborn than she is. Don't say that. Don't get carried away. You see, sometimes we need to protect our wives. Sometimes we give a little pat on the leg and say, now, don't say anything. Not the time, not the place. Don't do this, because that's what men do. And wives should realize, he's patting me on the leg, because I probably need to dial it down a little bit. Dial it back. It's because how we do life, guys. We become one, and we take care of each other, and there's respect for the husband's role, and you treasure the wife's role. And if you do not treat her like fine china, she doesn't have much of a reason to follow your leadership. It's not what you demand. It's what you cultivate and how you treat her. And so... You, tre- you, tre- you just treasure your wife. And then he says life's going to be hard, man. It's going to be real hard. It's going to be, you're going to have to struggle to scratch a living from it. It's hard. It's, life's unfair. Life's unkind. And life is hard. All because we messed up in the garden. You say, well, that's Adam and Eve's fault. Well, we participated every step of the way in our lives. And life is hard. That's why we need each other. That's why you, you love unconditionally and you treasure and you respect because life is hard and you scratch a living from it. And it'll grow thorns and thistles for you, though you'll eat of its grains. You'll, you'll be fed by the earth, but it's going to be tough. You're going to have to go break the hard ground. You've got to deal with drought. Thorns are going to come. Man, it's going to be hard. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. The guys... Life's going to be hard, going to be unfair. You're going to need each other. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to take work. The marriage takes work. Life takes work. And then he says, you're going to die. You're going to die because I'm not going to let you live forever the way you are now. You've been corrupted by sin. You've been damaged. You've been broken. And I'm not going to let you live forever this way. You're going to die. The good news is you can get ready to die and break the curse and live spiritually and live forever with him. Death is an appointment every one of us are going to keep. just need to be ready for it. For here's the good news. What do you do with this curse? What do you do with it? This thing that we have in our lives that causes us to do different from what God wants us to do. Jesus became the curse so that men and women can be set free to live a meaningful and victorious life. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. But Christ, okay, I've already talked about the problem we have, the curse we live with, uh, the, the, the imminent death, the, but Christ has rescued us. Oh, wow. He has rescued us from the curse 
pronounced by the law. The law became necessary because man fell and sin became real. And rebellion was how we chose to respond to God. And now he's saying, because of this, I've had to give you these laws so that you would realize how bad you are and realize you need help beyond yourself. Because you can't keep the law. The more you try to keep the law, the more in trouble you get. And so he said, when he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. The fall of humanity was paid for at the cross completely. And those things that he told us we need to be that are so hard to be because we are broken by sin, he said, I can help you become those things you need to be through me. I've come to rescue you from the curse of doing it wrong, doing it selfishly, doing it spitefully, doing it with manipulation, doing it by demanding. He said, I've come to help you do it right. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He became the curse and he broke the curse. And therefore the balance is found in Jesus. The capacity to respect, to treasure, and all reflecting God's amazing grace and love is found in Jesus. He's the one that gets you ready to, to die, that you can live forever with him. He's the one that's come to rescue you from the eternal fate of a life separated from God in a place called hell. He's come to do that because he cares about you. He's come to break the curse. Life's still going to be hard even if you become a follower of Jesus, as all of us can testify to. And sometimes we have pain in parenting and pain in the marriage, as we can all testify to. But there is a new day coming when he brings all things to a new heaven, new earth, if you're in him. If you're not in him, you're left out. Are you in him? Have you allowed him to break you free from the curse of trying to do it on your own and doing it wrong? Not being ready to die? Have you trusted Jesus to do that for you? To be your Savior and your Lord? 